You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Half hour. Hello and welcome to Half Hour, a new podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I am Richie Grasso, Artistic Director. And I'm Jeff Malone, Executive Director. We are here to bring you a casual conversation on the shows, films, concerts, and music events that we see and observe throughout our careers. This conversation will feature spoilers, so please make sure you see or listen to the piece we are discussing here today. Before continuing on with listening to this episode, you have been warned. Our third episode of our podcast today brings us to, to a discussion on folklore, the Long Pond Studios sessions with and Miss Ac- Taylor, oh, Miss Taylor Swift. Swift, but also we're going to be discussing the folklore album in general. Right, the folklore album as well as the Disney Plus feature film on the album that was just released recently. Yes. So we um, once again just finished watching the Long Pond Sessions. And uh, I found that to be a very moving piece to actually see these songs come to life performed. Um, so before we get too much into like the detail of the film, I'd just like to say like this was really cool to watch a concert style um, movie or film um, when we might not actually see Taylor Swift ever perform the folklore album um, as a full production. So... That's that's my my first start on that. So I wanted to know, like, what did you feel about seeing like a film style concert? Um, and did you get fully immersed in this concert? Um, you know, yeah, I think it's interesting when we listened to this album for the first time together in July, I want to say it was. I want to say you and I were driving somewhere long distance and we decided to put the whole album on from beginning to end and listen to it, you know, as like one full piece. And I was taking a lot out of it and I was thinking, you know, you know, I know she had said she was in quarantine and she was listening to the album. Or, or she was writing the album and performing while she was in quarantine um, and to listen to a lot of the emotions she was putting out. And that was one thing. And we had our opinions on that. We can talk about that a little later. And then to see this Disney Plus film and to see her in between each song talk a little bit about the backstory, it made me realize, oh, that makes sense. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. I thought the complete opposite. Or, oh, yep, I'm on the same page. You know that. And, and as she was talking with her producers, it made more sense. And I almost wish 
we could see more of this with artists and yeah. and some artists it's maybe not appropriate some artists like to just let their music speak for themselves and some want to maybe go into a little bit of a backstory and i think in these pandemic times it's nice to kind of hear just a little bit of like the who what when where why how on on something like that i totally agree and i think that's a part of the conversation that we can have a little later here about mm -hmm. something that you and i always kind of discuss mm -hmm. is like performer and artist versus like um singer songwriter mm -hmm. performer so there might be something a little different there but let's start with the basics here okay. on folklore mm -hmm. um this film starred mr jack antonoff aaron destner bonnie Vare, and miss taylor swift yep. those were the only four people that we saw throughout this mm -hmm. film um some had producer roles on this album some had songwriting roles some had uh, instrument playing and others were just featured so it was really cool to actually see them all come together and this film starts with um seeing taylor swift and jack antonoff and aaron desner in their homes recording the parts and then putting them all together so they let us know that this album was fully recorded separately so that is super interesting to me you don't really hear of that because, you know, everyone's able to get into the studio and record together. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And because of quarantine, that clearly was not um, able to happen. Right. So for you kind of sitting on the outside of the music industry world, because this is where like our pop and theater come together mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think of that? Um, I think that it's as the film made it look easy. Like, oh, we just set up a recording studio in our houses and it worked. And I'm sure it did. It obviously did work. But I'm yeah. sure what we're not hearing is the long, extensive phone calls and meetings and ordering equipment and setting it up and safely setting it up in a pandemic. People coming into homes and wiring things. To me, I, that's where my brain goes. Like, that has to be difficult. I get on a Zoom call sometimes and that's difficult. You know, so I can only imagine totally. internet connections and electric connections and making sure. And then, you know, she kind of jokes about it at the end. Oh, my cats were in the background. <laughs> I couldn't close the door because they would meow. So they have to be free roam. There's so many things that we're dealing with in a pandemic on a work call anyway with kids and dogs and neighbors and things like that. So on top of it, it must have been very difficult to do that. But it was it was astonishing and inspiring. One of the producers at one point in the film said, I wonder if this would ever happen again. Yeah. Is this a one-time thing where because we had no other choice, we did it like this? Right. Or is this one of those things where it's like, no, maybe we'll do this, maybe we'll do this again, not in a pandemic, but just because. And I'm sure some people might be saying, well, why don't you just go to a studio and it's all set up there for you? Just go to, yeah. you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see where the future goes in this. But yeah. to answer your question, I think... It was very interesting. It was inspiring. It really is inspiring because I would have, I didn't, if I, if, if I never knew that, I would have thought, oh, they got together a few people, you know, safely, COVID safety, a couple people got together, quarantined, and then recorded in a studio together. And right. to hear that they didn't, they were in other many distant places. It's astonishing for the times. Right. And not just this album, but we, we keep seeing different pop stars um, pushing out albums during this time. And we're kind of saying to ourselves, like, how are they doing it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, studios are not open or they are open, but you're so limited into recording right now. How many people you can have in the studio? Like, how does your team get involved? So it was actually quite inspiring to watch them put this album together. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone is at home right now dealing with 
certain things like uh, not going into offices, not going in, seeing your close friends or people that you work with consistently and um, be and watching them. Now, obviously, like they uh, have money and mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. famous and, mm -hmm. you know, it was probably super easy for them not to worry about work and struggling right now, um, but to just say like, hey, let's make a product of quarantine. Mm -hmm. And it was really inspiring to watch this. She actually like took a step back and said, I could do nothing right now. Which some artists are doing nothing right now. That's okay. Right. That's really okay. But she then said, no, I'm going to write. Mm -hmm. And she was inspired by the time. And she wrote an album that I think a lot of people are resonating with right now. You know, it's, it's not her normal pop mm -hmm. spectacle performance. It's, it's really stripped down. And you really see the vulnerable side of Miss Taylor Swift. Um, so I found that great. So to kind of like talk about the tracks of this album and seeing them performed live, I would love to go through what some of the tracks that I found stand out. Mm, and I don't mm -hmm. know if you did the same. Well, I'm wondering to see if we have similar or different because I have a few uh, fan favorites. Here. I have, I would say I've, uh, I have my top five. Let's just say that. So I don't know if you have a top five too, if they're similar. In no particular order, these are my top five. So I basically have a top five, but my top five includes the Love Story trilogy. So mm. that's really seven. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, actually, interestingly enough, two of the three songs of the trilogy are my top five. I didn't put one of them. I know that makes probably no sense, but I know it's a whole hey. thing, the trilogy, but okay. I have a whole thing, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll go. We'll go step by step. So let me hear what you have first on your In list. no particular order... Um, I have My Tears Ricochet. Okay. This Is Me Trying. Mm hmm The Last Great American Dynasty. Mm hmm Mirrorball. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, the Love Story Trilogy, which, ode to Love Story, but, um... Yeah. That, the Love Story Trilogy features Cardigan, August, and Betty. Uh-huh. So, you can list your five and then we'll talk well, about yeah, why. Well, yeah, yeah, So, <laughs> I would say... So, it's interesting. I have some similarities, some differences. So, in no particular order, um... Well, I, I agree with you on Mirabal. Okay. And I liked that one even more because of the way she explained it. I really liked her theory behind that. So that was the one. I do also have Last Great American Dynasty also because of the story. Mm -hmm. I find that hearing just even two or three minutes of her talking about a story of why she wrote it and what it's about. Not that I need it spelled out for me, but it makes more sense now and I can connect with it more. Mm -hmm. So that was another one. Cardigan and Betty being the other two, those are the two of the three children. I understand August being a part of that. To me, it doesn't call out as much as Cardigan and Betty because I, I almost feel like Cardigan and Betty live better on their own. If you didn't know about a trilogy... Okay. To me, than the than than August, but I think August is still a good song. And then my last one being, I really and I've said this to you before, I really like the first song, oh, the yeah. one. I think there's something really beautiful about the instrumental and the way that starts the piano. Mm -hmm. The lyrics are so simple; it's a really really nice way to start an album. I think that might be one of my even maybe even top three. I really really like the opening track on this album. Well, it totally hooks you. So we can talk about the one first. Mm. I think that that track is a great opener and when we talk musical theater here like this is the opening number to this show right whether it's an overture whether it's a first big you most a lot of musicals start with like an ensemble townsperson style number a big what is this about what are who are you where am i what give us some information so it was kind of like without beating a dead horse it was kind of like hey 
let me let's let's open this book and it yeah it sets you up for this album and i think some people probably say oh wow i'm gonna get an album that i you know maybe we're gonna get you know lover mm -hmm. uh taylor swift here but i don't that's not what the case was if this was i always find like taylor she tends to take the end of her last album and feeds it into her next album mm -hmm. now i'm a taylor swift stan here <laughs> yes it is that's why so she's very happy right now <laughs> but you know and i give into all the easter eggs so mm -hmm. yeah, all the other taylor swifties out there mm -hmm. um i'm a swifty over 25 but, <laughs> <laughs> um Lord. we know that taylor likes to drop little hidden clues mm -hmm. to her fan base mm -hmm. so i always find that the albums if you listen to her albums straight through you will find them lead into one another mm -hmm. and I, I i really find that to be great and i think she does it per 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 purposely mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um which this song could have been on lover the one but mm. this also opens up folklore to be a different album mm -hmm. so it, it, there's a nice bridge there um but, yeah, so if we go into the next one, I looked over to you when she started singing this track, and I was like, this track can be a musical. Not going to give this away to all you producers and writers out there, but, like, <laughs> The Last Great American Dynasty mm -hmm. is a story. And yeah. it's a story that I want to know more about. I want to be best friends with both women that are in this um track mm -hmm. and i love how she takes over um in the song because after buying yeah. the house in rhode island she just becomes you know the powerhouse there like who is taylor mm -hmm. why is she in our place and yep. you know throws these lavish parties that everyone wants to go mm -hmm. to we all know that she does her big parties there mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's like ooh, yeah and and the lyrics are important and, and to speak about lyrics for a second in general i always find that um I, I, as a musician, think chord progressions, I think melody line, I think music a lot. And lyrics are so important, but sometimes, I always find that she puts the lyrics so far up at the top. Oh, and, yeah. and, and And it's so important. And it's not like chorus, verse, chorus, verse, which is a traditional standard song, popular song. And she does that. In oh, some, she has plenty she has of those. plenty tracks. of those. But with this, there was not one instance where, and now we repeat the chorus, and now new verse, and now we repeat the chorus. And I was like, oh, and, and, and just to take a side note on the filming version of this, I was like, wow, these people, I, listen, I understand she wrote it, and the, and the producers wrote it too, but there was little to no reference to any sheet music there was a couple moments where you saw some chord progressions written down by the instrumentalist there was music stands out maybe they were glancing at something once in a while but for her to you know it's almost like she's written full stories full essays mm -hmm. here and she's just and she's it's all in her head and for her to have it so obviously it's memorized she lives and breathes this so obviously it's part of her but you know she never needed it. it didn't look like anyway in the filming of it unless they hid this from us as an audience that there was any sort of cheat sheet or that she had to look you know some some performers sing songs for 30 years and at a concert will need a scrolling video in front of them on a stage to remind them of a verse chorus verse chorus song <laughs> and that's okay that's i'm not taking that away from anyone but i'm saying this it's every sentence every lyric of every song is so poetic and it's so beautiful and it's so inspired and it keeps going i'm like wow that's a it's I say wordy in the nicest way because sometimes wordy comes. Oh, that's very wordy. The song's wordy. I don't think that it's too wordy in a negative way. It's wordy because every word 
is placed. My favorite, <laughs> I have to say my... Are, are you wordy? <laughs> I'm wordy. So I never think wordy is negative, okay? But I will say, I love the... Um, my favorite... I don't know why this hits me. This is definitely like my Disney musical theater side coming out here. But my favorite lyric out of the whole album comes down to Peter losing Wendy. I wow. love when she says that because it's unexpected. I always forget that she did it. And then she puts it back in. Oh, yeah, Peter losing Wendy. I'm like, oh, that's really nice. I don't know. I had something really nice about that. We don't really ever think about that a lot. And we know the plot of that story, but that was nice that she kind of threw That's my favorite moment. I don't know. That's my Disney moment <laughs> of the podcast, but yeah. So anyway, I'm jumping around a lot, but yes, she's lyric, she's poetic, and Last Great American Dynasty, as you were saying, really gives us a lot of meat and potatoes on the specifics of a story. Right. And this is where I kind of fell in love with a new story that she told us um, between Mirrorball and This Is Me Trying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I pick both of these tracks because I think this is really what many people, including myself, may be struggling with right now during quarantine. There's probably so much opportunity out there right now, but also so little at the same time because we're living in this digital world and grasping for attention of people. And, you know, everyone tries to be someone that, they think they're supposed to be sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I go through this at times as well. Um, like, how do I become the person like that's going to make that person happy mm-hmm. with instead of just like fully being ourselves mm-hmm. and that loses some authenticity, but you know, this is also a time for us to think about ourselves and become authentic to everyone. Like just say, hi, this is me. You're either going to like me or you're not. And also, which leads why why she's talking about the mirror ball because the analogy was great it's a reflection of yourself and that song always kind of hit me differently when i would get to it on Mm -hmm. the album and i'm like this is this is a really pretty song but it's also there's so much hurt in the song well i love how she says you know we always think of mirror balls or disco balls as these like beautiful awesome cool things but she makes up she makes the point that there's million fragmented broken pieces of glass and when you shine that light onto it it becomes this magical thing and the second you take the light off of it it becomes this just thing that's hanging there i'm I'm literally taking her analogy and just repeating and paraphrasing it but she she really um i've never thought of it like that i never thought of i actually never thought of a mirror ball like that period ever and then to hear her song about it that's why i definitely marked that as one of the top ones for me too because i was really inspired by that totally and hearing that story and you're like wow yeah the mirror ball is just standing there mm-hmm. you know when you, we've been to many clubs that there's a mirror ball in the mm-hmm. center of the mm-hmm. room or there's multiple mirror balls all around mm-hmm. and they're we look at them and we're like they're beautiful but is it because we do feel that way you well, know? it depends. Yeah. Do other people feel that way? We insert, I mean, I think a lot of people certainly know people where when the spotlight's on them, yes. they're exposed and maybe they're hiding it. Maybe they're showing their true colors. Maybe they're not. And they're just, and then the second the spotlight's not on them, have that person become forgotten or has that person, or are we always like, oh yeah, they're there. We'll shine the light on again, again eventually, but not right now. You know, it's, it's so many different ways you can think about it. And she might be feeling some of that too in the way she wrote about it. Oh, totally. And to go back to it, it's like, we're just reflecting into this mirror ball and then we go home after a night out or something and what what happened we're just left to ourselves again mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i think that's where that went and then it goes into like this is me trying which she says you know she she put some of that into the song and yeah yeah that was a nice song too i think right now like 
it is so hard to to feel like you're doing something right mm-hmm. in this pandemic world and when really just the society keeping their head above water and getting through a day is a big deal in and of itself in a pandemic yeah so to feel like we're trying to keep our normal lives. Let me call all these people. Let me continue emailing all these. Let me keep working. There's no such thing as I'm done working. We just keep working. We just keep doing. Mm-hmm. We try, we try, we try. And we're trying so hard. And sometimes I think like we're we're just like, oh my God, I, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And instead it's exhausting. Well, it's an exhausting. It's time. Super exhausting. She even says that in the beginning. She's like, the first like week or so of quarantine, she literally watched movies and listened to music and read books and like didn't know what was going on. And I think, I don't remember exactly what song she said. When she found out her concerts were canceled, she wrote another song and, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of put this together like right. that, you know. And even for someone like her, who's like powerhouse, has been on world tours and, you know, she was even crushed by something like that. She was ready to do one of the biggest things that she's done in her career and do these huge festivals. And no one knew what was going to be at these lover fests. We still don't know. We what still was don't gonna... know, or if it's going to come back, or when it does come back, will some folklore be there? Or will it just be exactly what it was supposed to be last year, or whatever? You know? Right, and that kind of kills me inside because we were going to go. Yeah, we were. We were going to go to that. <laughs> we yeah, were going to yeah, go. We had and, we were... and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, was she going to have? massive amount of people that she works with um there or was this going to be this strip tailor that we actually got in quarantine because you know lover was great but also this is a masterpiece in my opinion Mm -hmm. and um talk to me a little bit about this trilogy theory and uh, you know i i had put down you know um betty for sure cardigan for sure which i know is very popular one of the more popular songs in the album august and i liked all of them i found like i said earlier i found cardigan and betty to stand alone a little bit better but all three um the trilogy makes sense talk a little about like why are you marking those as your favorite and what what do you what do you think's behind that okay i really love this because without knowing that there was a story mm-hmm. the the taylor fans immediately put it together that cardigan and august and betty were the three trilogy songs Mm. and then it became like okay theories theories beyond theories Mm. who is this person who is this person is this like um a lgbtq lgbtq story Mm -hmm. or is james actually a man there were so many ideas Mm -hmm. running around Mm -hmm. this and i love that and i love that putting these three tracks on the album was telling that story. Mm-hmm. And then like to actually learn that's not what that was about. And she actually got to tell everyone mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. film, like, okay, I wrote this song and Aaron wrote this song. And then we all wrote this song together and it became this, you know, love trilogy. But like for her to actually write from the male point of view and tell the song from the male perspective was super interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause the first time we heard Betty, I'm hearing her female voice singing about another female. And my first instinct is, oh, this is so cool that she's writing this song with a queer theme. Yes. And then it wasn't, she's kind of saying it's not about that. But what's so cool is it's up to the audience interpretation. That's what art is about is the the artist can give you so much. And then the audience has to meet you at some point and, and interpret it for themselves. And we can continue listening to it as some sort of a queer theme or not. But that's up to the audience interpretation. And I like and it's fun to actually do that with this album with her because yeah. there's so many yeah. stories in here. There's so much theater in this mm-hmm. album. It's not musical theater over the top, but it's like there's so much stripped down theater and stories 
um, in this album that I was like, wow, this is this is a really great album. And and you're saying the word stories, and I want to. I, I actually looked up the defi- dictionary definition of the word folklore. Because okay. I wanted to kind of say that here, because I think it's really important. Because <laughs> that's a title of an album. I think yeah. when you title something, is important. So folklore is a tra- traditional beliefs, customs, and stories of a community passed on through generations by word of mouth. Hmm. So when you hear that definition, it makes you realize, yes, these these are stories. These are her beliefs, her customs, her stories. And how is she doing it? By word of mouth or by the song of mouth here. Hmm. And it's not like, oh, she read a book and then she's singing about it. Or she watched some speech. You know, this is traditional. And, and so, many things of the th- so many of the things she's talking about are are things related to family, friends, relationships, things that people may have gone through even a hundred years ago. Right. Um, and so it's very, very impressive. And I really, really enjoyed that. And she, so folklore, what a cool word. We, we hear folk stories, we hear folk music, folklore, that word. I really like that. I, I think that was impressive that she used mm-hmm. that. And, um, and we also know, keeping on the theme of title, folklore is the name of the album, folklore, the Long Pond Studio Sessions being the title of the Disney Plus film we know that she went to this long pond studio which is somewhere in upstate new york and no one really knows where no. upstate new york you can't is. even google it you know people people no. try to yeah, figure it no out one knows but where it is but new york upstate new york's a big big uh, surface area right so the exact address is not out there for you to <laughs> but she out. was but, you, but in the film she was so relaxed they were the producers were so relaxed and they really enjoy it was like for them to come together in a place like that not like hustle bustle new york city pack into a studio and let's record and then get out it was like no let's enjoy this experience here, we're all experiencing outdoors more right now. We're all experiencing some distance. So that was reflected in the film well, I thought. Right. So to go on to a little bit more of the commentary here, and this ties into her performance in general and her performance with Jack and Erin, um, I would love to go into a little bit of the Mad Woman mm, track. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because hearing about this, this has always been a narrative that Taylor has had around her is she is so angry and she is a mad woman and she does this and she should just be quiet and sit down. And I, I never really understand why people give her all of that shade Mm -hmm. to say the least, because the things that are done to her, she kind of just reacts and she wrote this song and sometimes I, I have to look at it and I'm like, wow, no, what she is saying is Right. And maybe she's just making me believe something. Um, and from her point of view. But I, I tend to take her perspective on things <laughs> more than some of these other people not going to name names, but um, due to her. Mm. And, you know, whether that's relationships or her business um, relationships as well, um, it, it just kind of led into this song. And I, and I watched her performance and you can see inside her that she's been hurt mm-hmm. by people and she, by people she trusted. She's real and she's raw with her emotions. And, you know, it's so interesting whenever you hear of someone in the industry who's worked with a famous person. And let's say that famous person is perceived in their career to be this really nice person here. Oh, that person. Horrible to work with. And I'm like, wait, on screen they're one person and in real life they're another? And that is so common with so many people, whether they're famous or not. But it's rare to find someone when they say, no, what you're seeing on screen is what you see in person. And I feel that with her. I feel like there's not much she's hiding. I feel like there's not much she's not trying to be one thing on screen and one thing in person. She's a human being and Mm -hmm. she's an artist. And I reflect, you know, and I'm not trying to compare her to female 
entrepreneurs ahead of her, but there is this wonderful mix of someone like a Carol King or a Barbara Streisand or someone who came before her who was a, a female pioneer of their time yeah. who not only just performed but directed films. She directed this Disney right. Plus. She was billed as director on that. So that I, I had said halfway through, I'm like, she she could be working in film and theater and, and, and producing from an artistic visuals as oh. well. And I think maybe that will come in the future, but Carol King writing all that music that she did and Barbara Streisand directing films and, and, and performing her whole life. I mean, she's now the, our generation of the next female oh, yeah. entrepreneur made, moving forward she, in the industry. She has only made a small dent mm, in mm, this industry. Yeah. She will be here Keep for a, long time. a very long time. Mm, 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 mm. Very very long time and what what if uh, i know we're um you know what, what what's what's one thing that you think is a a crit critique on the album or something that you would have wished you could have changed or seen differently or wish there was a slight change to i don't have any critique. you don't have any critique. <laughs> i don't have any critique on this album because i think this album is exactly what needed to come out mm -hmm. during this time and she had no expectations of the album she mm -hmm. just wanted to make something during this time and put it out there to the world. Mm. And some people can say, oh yeah, another celebrity just putting something out there mm. and making money off of us. But that's what they do. They're mm. entertainers, mm. you know? And are you entertained? Mm -hmm. Right, right. Are you and if you're entertained, you then she it? did her job, just right. like the rest of us. We all want to be doing our jobs right now. And if you get to do that, mm. then you, you're doing your job. Right. You know, and I think um, we're gonna get our bell pretty soon. Wait, what? Oh, ding, ding, ding! There it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay, bell's ringing. Yeah, but yes, but yes. We can wrap up a little bit. We can wrap up for sure. Well, yeah, we're wrapping up here. I would say, yeah, one thing, one um, critique I would say really quick was that um, when I first listened to it, and I didn't know any of the story, I thought that it was like two or three tracks too long mm -hmm. because every song almost sounds the same. I don't, I don't want to say every song does, but it's a lot of that acoustic too. The whole time it's and. And then when I hear the stories of these songs, it brings to life, oh no, okay, that song makes sense there now. That song makes sense. Not that I needed it to be explained to me, but some of it. And so that's one. Well, sometimes um, we need that. Yeah, yeah. We do. But I think, like I said, some of it works as a storyline. Some of it stands on its own. I'm really impressed with her. I, I know think. Her, uh, I think next time you hear the album, you're going, you're going to, to listen think to it yeah, very sure, differently. Sure, sure. So. so I want to end on a quote that yes. she said yes, in yes. the beginning of the film. Mm -hmm. And she said, to recalibrate everything, you need to start with what you love. Mm. And I found that to be very important for this time. Because we're in a time where we don't know what's going to happen. And we're not going to go back to, quote in quotes, normal. Mm -hmm. Because normal, what is that? Mm -hmm. We're creating so, a new normal. Right. Mm -hmm. So right now, recalibrate. But continue to do what you love. Yep. And she loves to make art. Mm -hmm. And she did that. Mm -hmm. She did that, so I applaud her. Yes, I applaud her, and I applaud Jack Antonoff, and I applaud Aaron Dessner, and Bon Iver, and Bon Iver, yeah. and um, Jack. If you're listening, I would love to work with you. <laughs> yes, and yeah. Taylor, definitely. Yes, we <laughs> hope you guys listen to this and, and enjoy what we're talking about because you're we're, you're really inspiring artists, and uh, we appreciate everything you did with this album and and the Disney film and everything like that. So, so to everyone listening out there, let us know what your favorites about yeah. the folklore album were. Comment on this. Let comment on our social media for sure. Follow us. Like we'd love to engage in conversations with you all in the comments sections on our YouTube and Instagram and things like that. So. Yeah, because we want to know your opinions, mm. not your negative opinions. But <laughs> no, <laughs> no, good, con constructive, con constructive, constructive, opinions. exactly. So. so. 
Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed today. We hope you continue to listen to our podcast in the future. Yes, um, thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel for latest um, updates and our podcast channels as well on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other awesome content coming your way. And please make sure you follow Two Worlds Entertainment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So and soon to be TikTok. Oh, oh yeah, that's coming. It's coming. <laughs> I, he's getting me in on it there. But um, so until next time, I'm Richie and I'm Jeff, and we're signing off. Tata for now bye. bye hey it's leslie udom jr here on the broadway podcast network to tell you about the rise theater directory a program of maestro music rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds if you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.